0: Welcome to CryptoCast by Gunnar Cook, the leading industry podcast that brings together expert guests to discuss hot topics and useful advice for blockchain and cryptocurrency businesses. I am James Burney, and thank you for joining me today. Hello and welcome to another episode of CryptoCast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Alex LKF, who is co-founder and co-CEO at Fractal, a margin infrastructure platform. Hi, Alex. It's great to have you on. Hi, James. Thanks for having me. So just by way of sort of scene setting, can you sort of give a bit of introduction and introduce Fractal and kind of give an idea of what sorts of things Fractal is currently seeking to do?
1: Absolutely. So Fractal is, is building SMA infrastructure to unlock capital markets in crypto. What that means is uh, if you are a lender, you can use our technology to set up an SMA subaccount account. Which stands for a separate managed account and have a manager deposit assets in it to run strategies inside it what that gives lenders is uh, the ability to set very strict risk controls on what the manager can and can't do and have a risk engine to liquidate unhealthy positions so for example you know a manager could never take the funds out without the lender's approval beyond the the lender we serve two other users uh, the other one is the manager that i mentioned uh, just now who is now able to get leverage because the lender is lending into their sub-account and also cross-collateralize between different on-chain positions. And then another ecosystem participant is the market maker who is also operating uh, within our sub-accounts and who can now net out, opposing positions and value them as market neutral for better capital efficiency. I know that's a pretty long and technical definition. So to to give you a very simple example, let's say that you have a million dollars of Ethereum in your account and you want to stake it, uh, but you want to stake it and also go short uh, a future or a forward. It's very difficult to do this currently in crypto because your staked ETH is on chain and you need additional capital to use as collateral for for your forward or your future. So what we enable you to do is to house your position in our sub account. So you take the ETH, you stake it, and then you can use some of that staked ETH as collateral uh, for your forward, which makes it at least twice as capital efficient.
0: That's great, Jane. I think, you know, one of the things that would also be good just to touch on more broadly is this concept of, kind of on-chain finance and, and the broader sector. And, you know, can you give us a better idea of what it's about and why it's important? And why should people be looking at this compared to, say, more like traditional things like just investing equity and that that type of investment strategy?
1: Sure. Uh, that's a that's a big question. Um, so I think first, let's, let's define what on-chain finance is. And our definition, at least, is the use of a blockchain to settle financial transactions. Of course, this starts with crypto native assets like Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, but is progressively expanding to real world assets like US treasury funds or or money market funds that are uh, progressively being more and more tokenized. And what that means is that um, instead of having to subscribe to a money market fund, you can just buy a token that represents your ownership or your share of that money market fund. Um, and so in this specific case, we're moving away from you know the notion of cryptocurrencies and just using the blockchain as a more efficient financial rail to settle financial transactions. Now, why is that important? Uh, I'd say for three reasons. One, Transparency, two instant settlements and three composability. Uh, transparency, as we were building your product, our, our product, which was during the period where FTX was, was going bankrupt, um, you'd be surprised to, to hear how many, and we were surprised to hear how many prospective clients or investors liked the value proposition that they could click on their account and verify on the blockchain that the balance that was listed on the account was the actual balance that they have. Um, so you know, when you have a sub account. On fractal, you can click on ether scan, which is the. Ethereum Blockchain Explorer, if it says $10 million on your account, you don't have to trust us. You can actually verify it on-chain. So that's for transparency. The other, uh, the, the second point is, you know, the market is, is open 24-7 and settlements are now merged with the notion of a transaction. You don't have this, uh, this separation where you click a button to submit an order, then the order goes through, and then you have a back office person that handles the administrative work of, or the operational work of making that transaction actually happen physically. If you're settling on a blockchain, when you're transaction has been approved, it's it's done. And finally, uh, composability, which is where I think the big unlock comes, uh, which is the ability to really have individual Lego blocks that can be built and combined very easily thanks to just a unified standard of the ERC20 token. To give you an example that, that applies to us, let's say that in, the, in your fractal account, you have a million dollars in the form of USDC collateral and that for whatever reason you need to, to keep it in there to maintain your your position and your loan to value at a reasonable level. Well, that 1 million USDC is now sitting idle. And so what we are in the process of integrating is building on top of companies like Ondo Finance or Open Eden, which have tokenized treasuries and uh, which then enable you to swap that 1 million USDC for their uh, their share or the receipt token that represents the, the tokenized treasury which allows you to earn yield while that money is, is in your account. Doing this on-chain is trivial because, as I mentioned, it's all the same ERC-20 token. So it's all the same technological standard. Uh, so from an integration perspective, it's extremely simple. Uh, if you had to do that without a blockchain, you'd have to integrate with a prime broker, uh, build the rails to to interface with the custodian and physically move or subscribe to the funds. So that process is now fully abstracted away, which removes a number of intermediaries and, and reduces cost.
0: Uh, interesting. And I think, you know, one of the interesting points is how Cove and you know, all these advantages in terms of getting that that speed and that efficiency and that transparency. But just looking at it the other way around, what kind of issues are you facing in terms of on-chain finance at the moment? What what, what sort of things are keeping you up at night and, and making you worried? Right?
1: Um th- there's quite a few. I'd break them into three buckets. One is monitoring and execution. So the infrastructure is still in its early days, and there are very few mature solutions for portfolio management and order execution so PMSs and OMSs um, especially if you have one leg of your strategy that's on chain and the other leg that's on a on a centralized exchange and say on Bitstamp and so having the infrastructure is just a function of the industry being young uh, and we need to have more players just develop that infrastructure to make it easier to interface and stand up a hedge fund or or an investment fund to touch cryptocurrencies it's it's a uh, astounding the time that we I, so i used to i used to be a portfolio manager at a hedge fund previously and and the amount of work that was devoted to building our own execution systems and our own uh, portfolio management systems was extraordinary relative to any traditional finance the other component in a similar vein is is margin management you know if you're an otc desk you're long a call option against one counterparty and short the same call option against another counterparty the industry is at a stage where you have a, a an ops person that is monitoring collateral levels and sending telegram messages Back and forth to ask people to send collateral back and forth. And obviously that can be made infinitely better. And that's what the blockchain should be used for. And the third one is and this is more specific to institutions, but just institutional reporting for you know audits and accounting. The time I spent at my previous role explaining on the fund on, on the phone with our, our fund admins, explaining what our, our transactions were and what they meant was extraordinary again. You know, you you're dealing with New and novel types of transactions you have ethereum, you deposit it on uniswap, you take the receipt token you put it somewhere else and so you have all these legs of transactions that are frankly gibberish for for a normal accounting firm and so the industry needs to get better at building the institutional tools to make that process smoother
0: now, it's interesting to talk about kind of these needs to develop just sort of lastly can you give us sort of if you had a crystal ball, what do you think the future of on chain finance is going to look like? Do, do you have a sort of vision to what the future holds
1: I wish um, but If I had to speculate I'd I'd say that um, we're in the process of seeing a divergence between pure DeFi applications uh, and then a new breed of institutional friendly on-chain or you can coin the term CDFI uh, providers and they differ in a number of ways but you know DeFi being the original ones that are fully permissionless no KYC AML checks applications that are fully autonomous meaning. software runs on the blockchain and if the team were to disappear the the software would would still keep running and then on-chain finance which uh, is our thesis um, which is becoming a hybrid of leveraging the infrastructure for what it's good at but adding the institutional rails and the institutional guards like kyc and aml and bringing not just cryptocurrencies on the blockchain but also Real world assets like the U.S. Treasuries I mentioned, uh, tokenized Treasuries. There's private equity funds that are getting built, um, and so there's a number of interesting efforts that are happening there. Uh, one of our investors, Avalanche, the, the blockchain is is uh, in the process of launching a uh, an institutional KYC subnet, which will abstract the KYC layer and essentially uh, enable you to interface only with KYC with with KYC and AML uh, check provi- check counterparties. And so beyond that. I think what's really exciting is, is the combination of the, the three value propositions, you know, transparency, instance elements, composability, but applied to real finance to make it more and more capital efficient and cheaper to operate.
0: Thank you, Alex. That's been fascinating. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. Um, thank you very much for coming on to the show. If anyone would like to reach out to Alex, his email is alex at alexatpractol.com f-r-a-c-t-a-l-protocol.org. Thank you for coming out Alex, it's been fantastic. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to CryptoCast by Cook. GunnaCook. Cook is a market-leading law firm advising on blockchain, Web3, crypto assets and DeFi. Our members have been heavily involved in helping to shape the legal and regulatory framework for blockchain and crypto assets. Our team works across multiple jurisdictions, including Germany and the U.S. We are the only U.K. law firm to officially accept payments in crypto. Our client base is more than 150. Before we go, if you enjoyed the episode, please leave a review on your podcast service and make sure you're funding Cook on social media and sign up to our cost mailing list on the Cook website. Thank you for listening.